I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. If I told you that in the metaverse we are all world builders and now is the time to build, would you start building? Or would you know what to build or where to build? During this episode, we're going to explore the role that collaboration and co-creation play in the metaverse. It's the time for creators to shine, for brands to co-create with them, and for players of all sizes to collaborate. The metaverse will be unlocked, yes, by technology, but most importantly, by human creativity and collaboration. I hope we're all going to make it in the metaverse. My name is Kathy Hackle, and I'll be your host and guide as we travel into the uncharted and undefined territory of the metaverse, that elusive place that has somehow worked its way to the tip of our cultural tongue. You are listening to Adweek's Metaverse Marketing Podcast. This is episode two. Collaboration and co-creation are kings. there's a really interesting thing happening in Web3 around community, which is really different than Web2, actually. Our perspective on this is that the metaverse will be co-created by the community that engages with it. When I set out to understand the future of digital culture and Web3.0, I knew I'd discover some interesting ideas, but I never dreamed I'd be discovering new identities for myself. Take, for instance, when I got to step into the role of fashion designer. Recently, I collaborated with digital design studio, The Fabricant, to co-create my first virtual fashion design. For me, collaboration and co-creation is the key to enable the metaverse, because we can't just compete against each other anymore. We need to be working with each other. That's Carrie Murphy, founder of The Fabricant. The Amsterdam-based company creates cinema-quality digital renderings of fashion items that are often sold as art pieces online. As part of the Fabricant's mission to build the wardrobe of the metaverse, they invited 50 pioneers to help co-create their debut collections and mint them as limited-edition fashion NFTs. I was one of the lucky ones that got the invitation. For the debut of the Fabricant Studio Season Zero, I co-created with them the godmother of the metaverse virtual dress that is being sold as an NFT. The pattern and design combination I selected was inspired by Disney's fairy godmother in Cinderella with light blue tones and colors, and the 2021 Cinderella film with the dress worn by Billy Porter as Fab G. My fabricant gown design also includes a robotic long arm glove at the left side. Carrie explains the true magic that can be called into existence 
when people from different backgrounds and disciplines come together to create something new. So you don't even need to be a fashion designer to be able to design fashion because you will be doing it in collaboration with fashion designers. Basically people who understand patterns, people who understand drape and fit and stitches and sewing and materials. It takes all the, the myth out of the equation and really just allows it to make a, a visual experience where you start to get make choices of like these items that you like. Some people, you know, like gala dresses, others like, you know, high-end luxury items, others like basic t-shirts. So it becomes a, a collaboration with a fashion designer together with a co-creator where the co-creator decides on which tools they want to use. And by tools, I mean which trims do they want to have, which buttons, which zippers, which materials, what kind of drape and fit. You know, so that's our effort in, in, in creating, making everybody a digital fashion designer, essentially. And once you have that item, that you start getting to use it wherever you want to use it. The collections will be shown in a virtual catwalk. You'll hear more from Carrie in a future episode focused specially on fashion. But for now, I'd like to highlight his emphasis on collaboration and co-creation in the metaverse. For us to coexist together, we should be really collaborating together. So there needs to be some type of healthy aspect of collaboration, of competitiveness and co-creation to truly enable the metaverse. But I would say that the real keyword enabling the metaverse is collaboration. Simply like that Epic Games is collaborating with Unity, that Unity is collaborating with Facebook that Facebook is collaborating, Snapchat. They all need to be working together for that idea truly to work and nobody really wanting to try and gain uh, power but really allowing people to step in and out of these ecosystems. Kerry wasn't alone in his emphasis on collaboration. When we asked our guests to describe the metaverse, we kept hearing about collaboration, co-creation. The word community also came up a lot. As we listen to stories of creators teaming up with marketplaces, ledgers, distributors, and artists of all kinds. I designed some shoes with Artifact Studios. We have a drop coming seven days away. That's Victor Langlois, better known by his handle, Fewocious. He's one of the most visible and successful artists in the NFT world. Creators are cashing in on their ability to create digital items, creating a new kind of asset class. I'm Victor, and I'm an artist. I work digitally. Earlier this year, Fawocious collaborated with Artifact Studio to release a set of collectible sneakers on Nifty Gateway, a popular digital art online auction platform. Sneakers are the new, you know, main status driver fashion item you can you can wear. All the sneakers kind of like look at the same. And what, what happens when we bring gaming aesthetics and gaming concepts to sneakers? That's Benoit Pagodo the co-founder of Artifact Studios. You heard from him in episode one. Artifact has applied the culture of sneakers and streetwear to digital fashion. Items are sold as limited edition releases or drops that often sell out instantly and then appreciate in value over time. In some cases, their digital collectibles have been resold for tens of thousands of dollars on marketplaces like OpenSea, Nifty Gateway, Foundation, Super Rare, Rarible, among others. Artifact hit its first big milestone with the introduction of the Cyber Sneaker, a sneaker inspired by the Tesla Cybertruck. 
the internet erupted with interest when a photoshopped image of Elon Musk wearing the sneakers circulated. People wanted to buy the sneakers in physical form, but they only existed in virtual form. To many outside of my industry, the sneakers never technically existed, but if something exists on the internet and enough people see it, does it exist in reality or not? Benoit Pogodo of Artifact Studios asked us to consider the nature of reality in an increasingly digital world. But because we like to do this type of stuff, uh, alter reality and then try to make people question, you know, what has really value and then what is real and what is not real. Because if something happens on the internet, even if it's not what happened in the real world, in the end it's seen by a lot more people on the internet than in the real world. So you can question what is real and what is not. And when we did that first, NFT we did at the time, ETH was not even that high, but I think we sold it for, I think at the time we sold it for $15,000, which was still big, you know, for a virtual sneaker, like the first virtual sneaker. And uh, so that's when we really understood that it was like really the perfect, the perfect, perfect medium for us to use and to really get in this community because the cool thing with crypto and all the NFT things that everything started with art and artists, it's like the first vertical that really embraced it. Because you already already had as well these mechanics of collectors within the art market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. So just why is collaboration so important to the metaverse? I think it's because it's a way for us to agree on shared realities and to test other ones. Hear me out. To drop an NFT or to collaborate on an artwork assumes a shared experience and reality where both buyers and sellers come to a mutual understanding of the context and value exchange. This also makes sense when you remember that the metaverse has its roots in gaming. Our our perspective on this is that the metaverse will be co-created by the community that engages with it. And we believe that the metaverse will be this expansive place where there'll be millions of experiences. And by definition, if that's the case, it's a it's a community-driven phenomenon. That's Craig Donato, the chief business officer at Roblox. If ever there was a game that encouraged collaboration and co-creation, it would be Roblox. Roblox is based on the premise that users can program and play games created by other users. So it is a user-driven phenomenon. So creators are fundamental to it. I would say that, you know, I think that there will be potentially examples of metaverses that perhaps don't take that perspective that are more of a tops down versus a bottoms up phenomena. But our belief is that it's firmly a community driven or a bottoms up. Don't get me wrong. It's still blurry at times. There seems to be a picture of the metaverse forming in my mind. 
It has a lot to do with what it looks like, but even more importantly is how it behaves, or rather, how people behave in it. With each new wave of communication, the nature of media has become more open, blurring the lines between publisher and reader, gamer and programmer, creator and user. If Web 3.0 comes after Web 2.0, and Web 2.0 is inherently social, then it makes sense that the Web 3.0 social is baked into the cake from the start. So, you know, you had like community managers, for example, in in Web 2.0, which were social media managers. And, and now you're starting to see community the community manager job pop up again, but it's actually a much deeper and more integral role because Web3 is, you know, some of the core concept are is, concepts are decentralization and community ownership. And, you know, something, I believe that the big brands of this, this era will be community owned, will be co-owned with the community, where the community who own those assets not only own and enjoy them, but actually benefit from owning them. And therefore, they're incented and inspired to share and make something of the brand in a way that they can't be by being chased down and given $200 to be a traditional influencer in the Web you know, the web 2 space or the Web 2 era. So the Board Ape community was, was an interesting one. There was a conversation that started bubbling up online about the Board Apes. And uh, I was looking for a project to get into that where I felt like I would be able to be both a participant but also contributor to that space. That's the brilliant Lindsay McInerney. She's the Global Head of Technology and Innovation at AB InBev and one of my favorite people in the space. What Lindsay is referring to is the Board Ape Yacht Club a collection of 10,000 computer-generated images of cartoon apes sold as NFTs by Yuga Labs. Owners of the apes became members of an online club, and they'll often use their apes' profile pictures across social media. Both Lindsay and I are part of the BAYC community. I recently aped in as a mutant ape. We'll talk to some members of this community in a future episode dedicated to NFTs. And so... You know, I don't think anybody that purchased a board ape could have foreseen what has transpired and what's happened since. But I have been really lucky to be part of what I what I think is a really interesting community of ten, well, nine hundred, nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine ape holders. You know, who are on the front lines of of what's going on, who are sharing other interesting projects, but also sharing life with one another. When we, you know, challenged on something, and I'm trying to learn something, or you know, don't understand a piece of, you know, what's going on. We're reaching out and, and supporting each other in this community. And it's been just a wild experience. Wild indeed. Earlier in September, a set of 101 apes sold for $24.4 million in an online auction held by Sotheby's. What's also remarkable is the sub-markets that are being created. You've got ape holders creating skateboards and allowing the community to buy skateboards with their ape on it. You're seeing, you know, a guy in Canada has created neon signs for the apes and is is selling those to the apes and, and that's, you know, his contribution to the community. And there's a number of other products that have emerged and, and derivatives of apes, gorgeous pieces of art because the Board Ape Yacht Club didn't hold on to that IP ownership from the very beginning. And another project that's really interesting is, you know, somebody who owns one one of the apes created an entire persona and character around their ape called Jenkins the Valet. 
And Jenkins, the valet, launched a project of their own where they NFTs out to the community that were purchased. Uh, and in each NFT, there's a lot of different groups exploring this group of community ownership and uh, shared creation. And, and I think it's it's incredibly interesting. A lot of it feels, you know, I think a lot of it feels like what you would want in your most idyllic sense, if you're a creator of film and television, you know, what it, what sort of signifies to you that you've you've made it, you're a cult classic. And I think a lot about fan fiction. You think about like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, how much fan fiction in terms of zines and comics uh, and other writing came out of, of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and, and loads of others, of course. You know, that is a symbol of, of your status and where you sit in terms of, you know, other content. And the interesting thing is that in this era where users and people own the assets, they benefit along with the original creators as those assets begin to proliferate and as they, as they become more popular. So with the community creating more stuff, that stuff gets more seen. And, you know, there's not too many people at this point, it feels like on Twitter, who haven't seen a board ape. And they may not know all of the things uh, that have happened in and around them, but it makes the asset more valuable and it makes the community more valuable. And so, you know, empowering people to co-create with you and to share these stories and to, and to make them in partnership with the original creators allows the, the actual original asset to do more in terms of growth than it ever could have done by itself, which I just think is is incredibly exciting. Someone on Twitter recently said, the ape profile picture is the new blue checkmark. And to prove this, a lot of the bored apes are getting a lot of attention. For example, Jenkins the Ballet was recently signed by CAA and is represented by the agency across books, film, TV, podcast, and more. Erican Obachitakudo has a similar optimistic view of the future of the metaverse. She's the founder and managing partner at Audacity, a crypto VC fund investing in Black and African-led crypto startups around the world. So I believe that the role of collaboration and co-creation in the metaverse is one where different people from odd corners and odd ends of the world get to say, I have a similar idea. Wow, you have that idea? I have a similar one, but it kind of takes this form. You want to work on it together and you want to have fun doing it and you want to figure out how we can let our imagination finally roam free and feel safe to work on something together with someone else, a stranger that you don't know, and actually see it bring joy and relief and release and pleasure for other people. And so co-creation and collaboration, I feel, is very much how the internet uh, has always gone viral and has always gained legs. But it's not just creators who are collaborating in the metaverse. Traditional brands are also doing it. One of the most recognizable brand names in the world is planning to release a collection of non-fungible tokens to raise money for Special Olympics International. The OpenSea Marketplace will be holding a three-day auction for Coca-Cola branded non-fungible tokens, or NFTs, starting on July 30th. Brands are beginning to experiment but they're quickly realizing that it's not business as usual in the metaverse. If you think about, for example, how brands have paid influencers to shill their products for the past 10 years, it can be effective, but it's costly. And, and it does, no matter how it's done, I have to say, I feel like it lacks a certain amount of genuine and authentic feeling. 
right? And in this new era, if you were to co-create a product or if you were to create a product that ended up being co-created or you were permitted the community to build it with you, you the community, because their clout as asset holders is growing at the very same time, they're inspired and incented as a, as a group to do things more for you in the brand than you could ever have paid an influencer to do by themselves. That's Lindsay McInerney once again. She explains that the relationship between brands and consumers is different in the metaverse, partly because individuals have the power to be brands themselves. Take Fawoshes, for example. And partly because the consuming of the asset class is something that is inherently social. Remember the board apes? Benoit Pagodo of Artifact suggests we might need to start calling them collectors instead. You know, some of the stuff I've been saying to all these brands that called us because they all talk about, oh, the consumer, the consumer. But it's not, a, the moment you, you consider them as consumers, you lost already. Because it's not just about consuming today. Like the, someone who's collecting or being part of a community can be, can add a lot of value to your brand and your community by being creative, active. So there, there's a lot you can do these days and, and, and when you think of them as just purely consumers like that are just eating the stuff you, you're nice enough to sell them, then you, you can't exist in the future because I truly think that community building um, is one of the most important skills you need to have as a brand. Alice Delahunt agrees. The metaverse is changing the relationship between consumers and brands. It's incredibly exciting because it's not just about a single transaction. It represents, again, a new paradigm for brands to think about through audience engagement and invites them to bring and invites them to invest in the long term of the community. So when I consider NFTs, I really get excited about the communities that are being built out around them. Della Hunt is the CDO and CCO of Ralph Lauren. You'll hear more from her in an upcoming episode focused on fashion. While many brands are dipping their toes into what's possible, many experts, including Jonathan Glick, think the best brand opportunities are yet to come. And what we've seen so far only scratches the surface of what's next. The most exciting opportunities are going to be ones around collaboration, which is to say that almost regardless of what space a brand is in, they're not going to be able to do all this themselves. They're going to want to partner with people who are native to these experiments. And that's going to mean, you know, having some unusual conversations with some very, very creative people. But it's it's still so early that you can afford to take small risks that set you up to learn rather than large ones that you know, lock you into some final, final like path. So far, we've painted a pretty positive picture of the metaverse when it comes to collaboration. But with like any other medium, there are certainly challenges. With so many people exchanging ideas and assets, there's bound to be problems surrounding ownership and intellectual property. For example, LA-based creatives Maison Rothschild and Eric Ramirez created a baby Birkin NFT, which was an animation of a baby growing in an Hermes Birkin bag. It sold at auction for an equivalent of more than $23,000. Despite the NFT borrowing the name and style, Hermes had no affiliation with and didn't receive any revenue from the sale. Instead of filing a lawsuit against the creators, they thought it was an interesting interpretation. In these new uncharted waters of the metaverse, collaboration and co-creation take center stage. And while there will be ups and downs along the way, and yes, uncertainty, 
the opportunity to collaborate and co-create the future of the internet is an exciting proposition for most of us. The Metaverse Marketing Podcast was brought to you by Adweek. It's hosted by me, Kathy Hackle, and edited by Divergent Productions. Amanda Costco is our executive producer, and Nick Gardner is Adweek's production director. If you're listening to us on a podcasting app, you already know how to get your podcasts. So please subscribe to this one. If you're on Adweek's website, consider subscribing to the podcast by searching Metaverse Marketing in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Tune in next week for episode three of eight, as we continue down the Metaverse rabbit hole and exploring the future. If you have any questions or feedback, you can send an email to podcast at adweek.com. You're listening to Adweek's Metaverse Marketing Podcast, hosted by Kathy Hackle. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you in the Metaverse. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.